Future Hacker. Life. Path. Future. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Future Hacker. I'm your host, Maria Taigi, and today we're talking to Pauline Wynn. Pauline is one of Australia's most impactful speakers and developmental coaches that combines science and spirituality. So basically she's combining cognitive behavior therapy, modern day shamanism, meta-neurolinguistic programming, breath mastery, meditation, and movement intelligence to hack her clients' biochemistry and promote healing. How amazing does that sound? Pauline is a multi-award winning best-selling author. Her latest book is called The Way of the Spiritual Entrepreneur, as well as the co-founder of the world's most awarded Vietnamese restaurant, Red Lantern. She's recognized as an original rare bird, Australia's top 50 influential female entrepreneurs. Hi, Pauline. It's so lovely to have you with us today. How are you doing? I am so excellent. Thank you so much for that introduction. It is my joy and my pleasure to be here with you today. Hello, listeners. Pauline, when you were a toddler, your family escaped Vietnam's war on a boat, survived a Thai refugee camp, ending up in Australia. Your journey following that was of a survivor enduring physical and emotional abuse. For the listeners that are not familiar with your story, could you share the challenges that life imposed on you so early in your life? And where did you find the strength to overcome and make from it the strong, spiritual and fearless person you are today? <laughs> Thank you so much. A quick summary, I guess. It's always an interesting question. How do you summarize many, many years in a few sentences? My, my father escaped Vietnam just after the fall of Saigon in um, 78 and we escaped, spent nine days out at sea in a boat that my father built with his friends. I was three years old at the time and my brother Lewis was two. We didn't have any sea experience. He only had a rudimentary map and a compass to guide him. Um, we ended up in Thailand, uh, where we spent a very difficult year in the refugee camp, where my brother Luke was born, and Australia finally accepted us. And when we came to this country, we had nothing. So it was really starting all over again. And my father suffered terribly from PTSD. So I know uh, what it is like to live in fear because my father was an incredibly violent man. And we grew up in a very violent household regular beatings, emotional, spiritual, mental, physical abuse. But ultimately, I look back on my life uh, because I made the decision to run away. I made the decision to start living my life very, very differently. And I look back on my life and I see all that as my training, Maria. I just find it amazing that you were able not only to overcome that, but to have this this view, this interpretation of it was a training for me to become the person that I am today, right? How, how old were you when you ran away? I was um, 17 when I ran away. We have choices. We all have choices. We have the choice to be a victim of our history 
or the master of our destiny. We really have a choice and it all starts with a decision to never underestimate the power of a decision. The decision that my past is not going to define me, there must be a better way than this. And so it first takes a decision and we never underestimate it when we draw that line in the sand and we say enough, I am done. And then on the other side of that um, is our pot of gold. The obstacle is the way, right? But some hold on to their story for so long. Some hold on to their illness and their dis-ease for so long, right? Because it gives them this incredible sense of significance. So who am I if I'm not suffering, if I don't have this suffering? Who am I if I don't have this illness? Who am I if I don't have, you know, if I didn't have this divorce or, or this abuse? And then if we hold on to the story long enough, it becomes our identity, doesn't it? And then our identity becomes our personality. And then all of a sudden we're known as that guy or, or, or that girl. And so the, the decision, it takes a decision to really start to, to say enough. On the other side of the word enough is evolution, is breakthrough and um, deciding to redesign and then to, to rewrite. And so the choice is to look back and to see myself either as a victim of my circumstances and, and all the stuff that happened or to see myself as the beneficiary. So can you imagine if we, we lived in a world where we all looked at the things that we went through that happened for us and to us and through us and from us and see ourselves as a beneficiary of it all, life would take a very different turn, right? That's, that's really um, strong and it's beautiful, but on the same time, what does it take? So you're saying it takes a decision, right? So you were, you were able to make yourself a protagonist of your own story, right? Someone's got to, why does it, why can't it be me? <laughs> I know, but no, if you look around, you know, people, it's, it's hard. Like I would guess you are an exception, right? Like what does it take? Like, is it faith? Is it uh, a personality? Is it just, it was yourself? Is it support network? So many things. Okay. So you're asking for advice. <laughs> I'm thinking about the listeners, like how to get out of this spiral. Like if you are facing someone within, it's a spiral that you get, right? It's, it's usually downwards. So if you're facing someone right now in pain, like what would be the advice to this person? Well, um, I'm big on not making people do anything they don't want to do, Maria. Some people don't want to change. Some people take a great deal of significance in their suffering. Who am I without this suffering? And so it really takes a decision to say enough. I make it a point to not try to change anyone or move anyone unless they decide to do it themselves because it's permission is big. After the decision, it then takes permission. Permission to let others in, permission to allow those to assist you in your healing. Okay, so what does it mean to heal or what does it mean to transform? It's not just about change, right? Change, change happens naturally. And so of course we take the next step and then we learn to embrace change or we learn to accept change and then we learn to become the change. But, but change is like, you know, putting on a new dress or, you know, changing your hairstyle. Whereas transforming is really when you get to the point of saying, whoa, I actually have a different point of view now. I actually look at the world very, very differently now. That is true transformation when you no longer see things the way you used to see it. But that takes a decision to say, I am so sick of this worldview. 
and then you give permission permission to allow people in permission to allow the healing self permission self permission to say i don't want to have this view anymore and so what does it mean to heal to heal means when you are no longer that i am sad I am now no longer sad because I've done the work. I am angry, I'm no longer angry. I'm jealous, I'm no longer jealous. That's when you know you've really transformed and you've really healed. And so after that it takes courage. It takes courage to to do things differently. It takes courage to evolve. People aren't going to like it when you evolve. They're going to want to keep you the same because they don't have the balls to do it either, right? And then it also courage is understanding that this is my journey and I'm going to need to do things very very differently and I'm going to make a lot of people unhappy, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then it requires persistence. persistence is the new currency fulfillment is the new currency persistence to continue to do the work to stay in the orbit of those who can assist you the persistence to become and remain attractive what is the first law of attraction become attractive and i'm not talking about looks i'm not talking about, i'm talking about being attractive in the words that you speak in the actions in how you present yourself in the energy that you emit in the thought leadership that you present and so we become attractive then to teachers to collaborators to other people to come into our collective and so there's so many aspects to it first it's a decision and then the permission and then the courage and then the persistence to continue the work and so we don't look back at all of that stuff i look back and i see it as my training right but especially in this time as well you know we're always there's talking about you know post traumatic stress disorder post traumatic stress it really now becomes a case of decide So now you can start talking about post traumatic growth decide so that you can start talking about now post traumatic healing. Thank you. Thank you for this. Did I answer your question? <laughs> Perfectly. Perfectly. Thank you. So Pauline, you told me that at some point in your life you were deep into biohacking. Like so you know, you're talking to future hacker, I had to ask that. So we've covered that a couple of times here. We actually had I, I heard all sorts of things, gadgets, shipping yourself. I think I had two guests that told me I shipped myself or consuming certain foods, you know, natural substances. You have all types of things. So how was your personal journey through this road? And what were the lessons you took from that? And what made you stop? Well, I was for many years very well ensconced in um biohacking groups. I went to, you know, traveled the world and went to biohacking conferences and I'm always fascinated by magnifying human potential, right? If I can first um frame that we're talking about the stages of development. I live in or I reside in post-post conventional stage of development. So the levels of development we have, I am a developmental coach. That's what I do. I assist people with not only the growing up stages but also the waking up stages. And so really quickly we have pre-conventional. Those who very much still live in superstition, tribal, my way or the highway, um uh, we have to beat to the rhythm of our own drums. That's very egocentric. And then we work in the conventional. Then you get to the religious where 95% of the population live. 
in the ethnocentric now. This is where corporate mentality, a lot of entrepreneurship, this is where it's all about winning, winning, winning. And then there's the post-conventional. Now we're getting to quite world-centric. We now look at systems and we understand how the world operates, different psychologies, different levels of thinking. Post-post-convention says, I see it all. I choose not to play there anymore because there's now what we call spirit-centric. There's now a higher mind to all of this. So I operate in post-post-convention. And so as I move more and more in post-post-convention, I started to question everything. Wait a minute. Where did this loss of sovereignty and loss of dominion to dominate oneself. Where, where did this go? So it became a loss of sovereignty and dominion in the name of sovereignty and dominion. And then I started to question, wait a minute, now it's about what's the next gadget we can buy? <laughs> what's the next combination of vitamins and, and microdosing? And, you know, how much more can we renounce? And how much more can we, what's, what's the next thing, you know? And so that, that was no longer for me. You know, I can't even listen to a biohacking podcast now with an advert every five to 10 minutes selling another new thing. When did it become about not being enough? When did it become about not having enough? When did it become about having so much paranoia? When did it become about what else do I need to do to renounce? And then it just got too boring for me, Maria. I saw so many people missing the deliciousness of life. <laughs> deliciousness of life, right? And then when you understand soul work, you know, how the soul needs the human body to live the life the soul intended, right? You're not going to want to renounce anything. When we start to work on our soul set, our soul needs our human body to taste that delicious wine, <laughs> to eat that delicious food, to hug that delicious man or that delicious woman, you know? And so I went back to asking, wait a minute, the human body and the human mind and the human spirit is capable of a whole lot more power than this. And now we're not talking about force, we're talking about power. So much more powerful than these gadgets and appliances and pills and potions. And so I went, went back to, to now, oh, let's have a look at not only the mind, what about the heart, the most powerful organ? How much are we now going to love? How easily will now we, will we forgive? Let's now start talking about the health. We can increase our vibration somatically without gadgets, with stuff that we are already capable of. Sunrise, sunlight on our physical body, solar callus, fasting, breath work, juicing, dry brushing, meditation, activation, yoga, breath work, laughter, sex, presence, grounding, you know, and there's so many things we can do to, to stop dis-ease or to slow down aging, you know, it, the simplest things like really going back to basics, changing our diet, taking control now of not only our mind, our heart, but now we're talking about our health. What about our spirit, our soul, following our intuition? 
you know, going back to ancient times where it's shamanism, what herbs can we have? What foods affect which parts of our body? How then can we release suppressed emotions? How can we increase the positive emotions, the elevated emotions, if we're now talking about states of consciousness, understanding that we have to do the work to get out of the vibrations of shame, which has the same vibration as death, fear, comparison. How do we do the work to feel the way we want to feel so that we can embrace the positive emotions of joy and passion and gratitude? You know, can we, we access nature's medicine so that we can deepen this spiritual connection? You know, going back to what is my reason for living? What is going to give me fulfillment? What makes my heart sing? And then when I think about those things, man, that opens my heart much more so than going to another biohacking conference to find about the next gadget I should be buying. And listening to you, it just makes me think that we, we people just start outsourcing our own capabilities to something else. And, and living with shallow relationships is basically a movement of going back to basics, right? Back to basics, back to to ourselves, flesh, blood, and soul, right? But from a higher level of mind, this is the difference now. It's now from a higher level of mind. The higher level of mind to understand that we can't do things the old ways anymore. And so the new way is about snatching our power back. So one of the terms that you use is personal description. So when, how have you experienced that? Like what, what was your own personal disruption? I think it's our job to continually disrupt ourselves, Maria. I believe it is our job to continually disrupt ourselves. We are here on this earth to do three things, to evolve, to constantly evolve in order to evolve. Sure, we, we're growing. We, as we sit here, our nails are growing, our hair is growing. We are growing. But evolution is an intentional disruption. This is evolution. When we do it with intention, we are here to evolve. Second of all, we are here to push our humanity forward, push our species forward. What are you doing to push your species, just push your humanity forward? And the third thing we're there to do is to do it with joy. Do it in states of joy. And how I was doing me before, there was not a lot of joy going on. And so there was not a lot of intentional evolution going on. There was not a lot of being responsible to push forward my humanity. And so I had to personally disrupt. I make it a point to, for myself to continually up-level. The question is, how, how often are we intentionally up-leveling? And it's exactly what we've been seeing so much out there about the this lifelong learning experience. It's not just about learning new things, but evolving, like personal evolution. I just love that line of thought because it makes sense, right? Of always reaching out for knowledge. Yes, but knowledge is one thing, right? Knowledge is one thing. And then so we, we learn stuff, But the next question is, are you a passive learner? Are you just inputting? Or are you actually, I call it Goya, get off your ass and actually do it. When you actually put it into action, that's evolution. That's called wisdom. But what is personal disruption? Personal disruption is having the courage to walk down that very long hall of mirrors. Some people are too afraid to look in the mirror. And it's a long haul of mirrors. And there are many long hauls of mirrors. And as we walk down this long haul of mirrors, we've got to ask ourselves, 
whoa, is that how I've been doing myself? I need to do myself differently now if I'm going to evolve. The journey is long, the journey. and But then you surround yourself with coaches and mentors and a peer group that can assist you and walk alongside of you. And so understanding stages of development, understanding stages of growing up and waking up and that decision to consistently level up because we can't push forward humanity, we can't evolve and we can't do it in states of grace and joy if we decide to stay where we are forever. You've got to intentionally disrupt yourself because if you're not growing, you're dying, right? We, we want to make it the greatest impact we can possibly make in this world. And I'm talking to people on your podcast who are actually wired to evolve, right? There's a whole lot of the population who don't care for it. We're not talking to those people, right? They can remain asleep. That's good for them too. Keep sleeping. Who am I to wake you from your slumber? <laughs> but you know what? The most important spiritual growth doesn't happen when you're meditating or when you're on the yoga mat or when you're green juicing, you know. <laughs> That's not the, or, or taking this other thing to put on your left earlobe to measure this. It doesn't happen that way. The most important spiritual growth happens in the midst of conflict. When you're angry, when you're frustrated, when you're scared, when you're confused and you're doing the same thing and then you suddenly realize Well, man, I've got a choice to do this very differently. I've got a choice to do me very differently. I've got a choice now to do it very differently. That's personal disruption. Such a powerful way to end our first episode. Stay tuned, everybody. We're keeping on with a second episode with Pauline Wynn. Future Hacker. Life. Path. Future. Future.